Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. He's doing a, a great work in South Dallas, amen. We were so blessed to be there uh, Sunday morning with them, and that was a great outreach. I want to thank all those that went over there from here to help. Uh, they asked for a few sp- certain couples to go help, and it's a tremendous blessing to be able to work together, amen? And uh, while I was gone, uh, and we were gone, we heard that uh, God moved tremendously here, and uh, I know I told the serve team, but I don't think I've told you guys as a church, we, we broke an attendance record in our 9 o'clock service Sunday morning, amen? By a lot, a lot. It was a packed in here, and why you talk about numbers, Pastor? Because numbers are people. That's why we talk about numbers, amen. How many, how many are a number in here tonight? We're important. And God wrote a whole book about numbers, amen. And it was just a tremendous day. It was a tremendous uh, victory that morning. And, uh, but I want to talk tonight about how a day like that can go from really wonderful into really horrible really quickly. And uh, I want to put the title up tonight, and I want to talk about uh, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And uh, we have Lisa and Christian here in the family tonight, and, and I want to just talk from my heart about what I saw on Sunday. And uh, I, I wish I could have had a video for, not for purposes of general purposes, but for, for people that were not able to be there, that I know were there in spirit because we couldn't have fit everybody in there, uh, what it was like to get to the hospital. We left the inauguration and... Uh, actually, we're really blessed. I want to just give a testimony. We went to eat with uh, John and Ceci, and, and I said, I want to take you guys someplace you guys don't normally go, somewhere nice, and John was talking about some taco place. And I said, no, we can get tacos anytime. And so I asked Ceci, what do you like to eat? And so she says she likes hibachi, so that place where they cook the Japanese food. So we went there, and and sat down and you know that those places I don't know if it's like this all the time but I, I don't go there very often but I like those too um, but they sit you with other people and so we were sitting there the four of us and this uh, beautiful black family came in they, they'd been married 40 something years so they were older classy looking couple I told Carla what what a picture of class this this husband and wife and their two sons were probably in their 20s or 30s and uh, she just, she said, you know, what are you guys doing here? And, and, and I was joking with her. She was very beautiful. I said, you must be an actress. And she just went right into it. She says, yes, I've played a housewife my whole life to this wonderful man right here. And it was just tremendous conversation. And so at some point, I, I said, We're, I'm a pastor and he's a pastor. And we just came from a church service. And Carla elbowed me. She goes, you don't ever tell people you're a pastor. I said, I don't tell people that aren't saved I'm a pastor. When they're saved, you know, that's different. And so I joked with them earlier, and when we first sat down, I said, you just say you're going to get our meal, just joking with them. And as the meal was over, this man got up and walked over to me, and I'm talking just so elegant and classy, and shook my hand, and he said, Pastor, would you allow me the honor to pay for y'all's meal today? I mean, just so, so beautiful, and so he bought our meal, amen. How many know that's not going to get on the news? Amen. And it was a tremendous blessing, and, and so I just wanted to, I'll never, never, maybe never meet that man again, but he, he did it as unto the Lord, amen, and it was a blessing for us. So we left there, as I said, happy, and we knew 
that we were going to go to the hospital and, and go to a difficult time. And so we began to drive uh, to Fort Worth with Pastor John and Ceci in their car. And we got to the hospital and we walked in. And um, when we walked into that room, it was just amazing to see the, the church in the waiting room. Amen. And, and there must have been 30 to 40 people from our church in that waiting room. And, and just to see people walking around and praying and, 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 and knowing that we were, they were there as a church for this family. And, you know, I want to talk tonight not about just this verse, but I want to talk about how important it is to have a church family. How many are thankful tonight that you have a church family? Amen. A real, genuine church family. And I want to talk tonight about the importance of it when we go through times like this because we're going through this as a church. Not just them, we're going through it as a church. And it, I just could, I can't explain how beautiful it was to walk in there and see that and then, and then went, went to see baby Christopher and pray for him. And, and uh, just a few minutes later, I, I, I got to the hall and uh, was trying to compose myself because I got to be the strong one. I'm supposed to be the strong one for everybody. And I just kind of broke down in the hall, you know, and had a hard time because that's the age of my grandkids. And it just hit really home really hard. And as it did everybody, right, and nobody more than the parents. But I just sent a text to all the pastors that I could think of, and I just said, please pray right now. Just call on God. We need a miracle. And uh, I didn't know what else to do um, but that. And I just looked up and said, God, please. And church, we have to understand that God's, God's miracles are different than ours. And I believe that God answered our prayers. He really did. He doesn't always answer the way we want him to answer. But I have no doubt in my mind, and I will say this at the funeral as well, that he answered our prayers. Because it wasn't more than 10 minutes later that we were standing back in that room again when they came in with the news that he had gone to the presence of the Lord. And what I saw, what, what I wish you could have saw, and everybody that was there knows what I'm talking about. How the church just moved into action. It was, it, you can't orchestrate it. It was so beautiful to see how the, the, the people that were there just began to minister to the family and hug the family and help the family. And the kids were crying and everybody was crying and everybody was mourning and everybody was. And I just sat back as the pastor and looked and watched and said, God, what a beautiful picture of the power of a church and of a church family. Amen. And, and that God allowed us all to be there that were there. Now, this doesn't take away from anybody that wasn't there. I know many were there, were praying with us as well. And like I said, we couldn't have all fit anyways. But it was just a beautiful picture to see how the church reacted. And this verse came to my spirit as I was standing there watching and praying and, and watching everybody respond to this horrible news that baby Christopher had, had passed away and lost his battle. Uh, but we know he didn't lose his battle, amen. He actually won, and he is in the presence of the Lord right now, amen. <laughs> Where all of us want to be and are going to be. But I want to give you some verses tonight. And like I said, it's going to come from my heart. But I want to share some verses the Lord put on my heart for, for our church. Because this is, is a time, like I said, where we need to reflect on God's word. And I think to myself, where would this family be that are here tonight? What a, what a great place to be when you're in need of, 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 of the presence of the Lord. They could have stayed home. They could have done something else. But they know they need to be with their church family. Amen? 
and they're here. And, and they're going to continue to get the love and the help and the, and the support that they need as a church because we're going to go through this together. But as this verse came to me, I, 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 I got a better understanding of it than I've ever got in my life. And I've been preaching for a long time. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. You can't really understand the comfort of God until you felt the pain and the suffering that goes with something like losing a, a child like that and going through a horrible situation. And, and this, as this verse came, if you really, really study out the Beatitudes, this verse is actually more in tune with the action of a person who is sinning and is sorry for their sin, and they mourn and they repent, and God comforts them in their repentance. But it also has a double meaning of somebody who is mourning a great loss and we have the comfort because think today, church, about how many people maybe that same day lost their children and had no comfort of the Holy Spirit to comfort them. No church family there. There was a lady that was there. I, told, I heard just a little bit of the story that our, our people were ministering to. Also, I want to thank Pastor Nestor and Priscilla. They, they just turned their service that morning into a prayer service in Fort Worth, and they were all there as well. But I heard that this lady was there, and her grandchild, I believe, I could be wrong on the story, it was very quick, uh, was having their, their, her grandchild was having a heart operation or something. And I thought to myself, can you imagine what she was going through in her mind as the news came to our church and people began to react the way they did? And there was almost the, the thought of the, the, the violent take it by force. Because when that news came, it wasn't just crying and mourning. It was a prayer of faith. And many of the people in our church began to pray that that baby would resurrect and come back to life. They said, we're not accepting this. And they began to pray so fervently that I found out later that the chaplain, bless her heart, was so freaked out by the thing that was going on in that room that she actually called the police. I don't even know if everybody was there noticed the police came into the room and when they came in, I just assumed they were going somewhere else until we went out to talk to, to, to Christian and Lisa and, and my wife and the chaplain. I realized as the police were there that they called the police because of us. But isn't that a great picture that they would freak out so much? They'd have never, probably never heard of church pray like we prayed when we got that news. Amen. And how many know God heard our prayers? And, and, and that lady, bless her heart, was affected. She didn't know what to do. But I thought to myself, and I'm not just, I'm not just saying one, there's many, but I, I, Frankie, if I'm ever sick in the hospital, I want you praying for me. Amen. Amen. I do. I want you praying for me. And he's not the only one. I'm telling you, everybody, but this man right here, he said he wasn't letting, he wasn't having it. I mean, he was right. I think he, you're the reason she called the police. He was shouting in tongues, and he said, no, this is devil. You can't have him. And he was just praying, and, and they weren't ashamed in that room to pray, amen, and to seek the face of the Lord. And so I want Frankie praying for me if I ever need it, amen. But blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And we think about the verses of, of the Bible that tell us, Romans 15, for example. I'm just going to give you some if you want to take notes. It says, rejoice with those who rejoice. How many know it's a lot funner to rejoice? But it also says, weep with those who weep. And we were just talking about this Saturday night in our serve team meeting that we have to have empathy. We have to have compassion for the people that we're working with. And that's the hard thing about serving God is, is, is being able to be real with people and being able to be vulnerable with people and being able to be there at their difficult time. 
And I think that one of the hardest things that we have a lot of times in our minds is, how do I react to this person? How many have ever struggled with that? What do I say? What should my reaction be? And a lot of times we think about those things, and I think the answer is not simple to say or easy to answer, but the best and most important thing that a person needs is that you just be present, that you just be there. Because sometimes we're going to say stupid things. Sometimes we're going to think stupid things. Sometimes the thing we say is not what needed to be said, but just be there. And that's what we tried to do on Sunday. I know that we prayed here as a church. We prayed as a fellowship. And this is the time where, we, again, we see the power and the strength of a body of believers. We saw the body step into action. And just as a teaching moment, because that's my job as your pastor, is, is we need to know when to say something. And, and listen, I have no examples that anybody said anything wrong, but we have to understand that, that as Job, Job had to waste 40 chapters of his life because of men trying to say the right thing. If you've ever read the book of Job, you could have just erased those middle chapters if those guys would have just sat there and cried with him. How many read the book of Job? Right? And so, uh, sorry, Proverbs 25.20, I just thought this was an interesting teaching moment. We need to know when to talk and when to shut up. We need to know when just to hold their hand, put your hand on their shoulder, and just be there. Because Proverbs says, singing cheerful songs to a person with a heavy heart is like taking someone's coat in cold weather. Or pouring vinegar on a wound. Now, none of us do that on purpose. I'm just, I'm just telling you that we have to be conscious because sometimes, we, and, and listen, this is hard for me especially because I, I have to, and, and pastors have to, we, that's our job. We have to be the one to say something. But there's no manual on what to say to a couple when they've just lost their child. And so the, the fact is we do what the Bible tells us to do, which is weep with them and mourn with them and understand that that they, we don't have all the answers, but we're going to be there for them. Can I get an amen? amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 says, Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Church, I think that when something like this happens, horrible and tragic, is when we really understand what the church means to us. That it's not the check the box thing and show up. It's that I have a real family. Can somebody say real family with me? Has anybody in here found in your short time or long time being saved and having a church family that this, this family is more real and more genuine than the, than the blood family that you have? Not, it doesn't mean you can't have a good blood family. I have a good blood family. My great parents and a great sister and, and, and family, cousins. And, but we find in church that there's a family that is there that isn't always going to be there in the blood. They say blood is thicker than water. I say the church family is thicker than blood. And, and when these tragic things happen that are horrible, it helps us understand, man, I'm part of something really special. I'm part of something that... God forbid someone else is going through, there's going to be a day I'm going to be going through something, and I'm going to need that family. 
And it makes me sad at the same time, and just leave that up for a second, of all the people who, who, who down church and dog church and make fun of church because they've been hurt or they have bad examples and they don't have that church family when they go through a struggle like that. Going back to that lady that was all by herself, but thank God we as a church were ministering to her. But when we left, because everybody had to leave, they asked us to leave. There was too many, too many of us in the room. That poor lady was left alone. Where was her church family? Where was her church family at? So many people don't have a church family. And so don't take for granted tonight the special gift that is a church family. The fact that God ordained this. This isn't just something he's like, oh, let's just put this together and tell them to gather. There's a reason why we gather. Because when something happens like this, there's a support system. And it's not perfect, but it's real. And so in that same scripture right there, as it says, members of the household of God, in the New Living Translation, it actually says, family of God. So we have a family tonight. We're part of a family of God. Romans 12.10, be kind, kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. You know, tonight, if you think about this, and it's not that we have to walk around with on eggshells and we have to walk around afraid, but we do have to understand that, that you know that many people could have came in here tonight and seen somebody or seen them and not known what they're going through. And, and how do we treat people? How do we act with people? That's something we have to constantly work on because we don't know what, what, we're, what, our, what our family's coming into. It's not always as desperate and horrible as a tragic loss of a child, but there are things we're going through in our lives that when we come to church, we don't need somebody else's bad attitude. We just need a hug. We just need a high. We just need a wave. We just need to be present with the people in the church that are going through something, and we just need to know they're there with us. Amen? It's important to know that because how many know that every service we're all coming in with something? And so he says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. That's what you see in a real, genuine church giving in honor, giving preference to one another. What that means is to put the other person more important than yourself. To, to, to come to church, and this isn't just for our serve team church, this is for all of us, to come to church and say, this service isn't about me. This service isn't about what I need. Lord, can I help somebody else get what they need tonight? Can I, can I give a smile to somebody and, and let somebody feel comfortable in this place tonight so that they can get the answer that they need because they may be going through something far, far worse than what I'm going through. And even if it's not far worse, God, let them get their answer tonight. Come with that kind of an attitude. How many know we'd see a revival? If we just say, Lord, this service is all about you and you ministering to your people. Amen? Galatians 6.10 we see this same verse mentioned again. Therefore, as we have opportunity, see this is an opportunity when tragic tragedy hits, when pain comes, when suffering happens, it's an opportunity. Again, not to have the right words, but to be physically there. To just be physically there. To just tell that person, I'm praying for you. I'm here for you. If you need anything, let us know. 
and, and, and a healthy church like we have that I'm so proud of sets into action as soon as something like this happens and meals begin to get prepared and help begins to come. And if there's any financial need, whatever it takes, we're going to make this happen as a family, as a church. We're going to get through this together. And this will be a time that this family, I pray, will look back on and say that's, that God is real because of the church family that God put around me. Amen? The church family showing the love of Christ. So a few more verses I want to talk about. Let me finish this one. As we have opportunity, let us do good to all. And then it says, especially, especially to those who are the household of faith. In other words, again, the family of God. Amen? It, 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 there's, I, I would tell you that there's absolutely nothing more beautiful than when a church is in action. Healing the wound. It's like the body. When the physical body, and I'm not a scientist, but I know enough to understand that when a, when a foreign object comes in of pain or suffering or infection, those cells in that body attack that and get rid of the infection and bring healing to that body. And so when something like this happens, we surround with love and affection and just being present and praying in the very best way that we can from earnest hearts, and we try to help heal. So that the people around, because let me tell you something, and I'm just going to say this right now, and I know it without a doubt. Many people, Christian and Lisa, many people are going to get saved through this tragedy. Many, many people are going to get saved. I believe that. I feel that. I know that. And I actually want to, I, 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 I didn't ask for permission, Chris, but I don't think you'll mind. When in, I, it was so powerful as we were in that room in a horrible situation with horrible news. The revelation that that father had. He had a revelation. And he came up to me and he hugged me and he said, Pastor, and I may have the words a little bit off, but I know I have the general idea. He said, my son's in heaven, and now I have to live a life to make sure that I get to heaven to see him again. That's a powerful revelation. Look what God can do in the middle of suffering. Look how God can, get a whole, can, can stop time. And, and, and instead of, instead, and, and praise God for that reaction, instead of looking up to God like so many people would and clenching his fist and saying, why did you take my son? He understood that God was using this, in, this situation to get his attention. And he's making decisions that we're going to help him follow up with. Not my words, his words. That he's going to get involved in church. He's going to get into next step. He's going to, and I'm saying this publicly to help you be accountable because I know you asked for it. Amen? Because God is not going to waste this hurt. And many of your family members, and not only your family members, but many of our family members are going to get saved by watching how you handle this situation and how you already have. And I want to honor you and bless you for how you've handled this situation so far. We can't do anything about what happens. We can do everything about how we handle the reaction. And I, and I just can commend you so much for that. Somebody say, oh, we're part of the family of God tonight. Look at that person next to you say, you're family. Now, for some of you, you are, amen, actually blood. But you know what's awesome? If you're blood family and you're family of God, you're doubly blessed. 
You got a double blessing. How many, can I give you a few more verses? Here, here's another one. This is, this is where when tragedy hits, and again, we can't do anything about how it happens, but we can, watch, we can do something about the reaction. People who aren't saved don't understand because their eyes are blinded and the scales are on their eyes and they can't grasp how somebody can have peace, how somebody can go to church and clap and praise and worship in the midst of a trial, but they're, but they're watching. And you know when this funeral happens, there's going to be a salvation call. And we're going to talk to the souls of the family members that are going to be at this funeral. And God is going to use this tragic situation to get people to think about their eternity like his dad did. And God is going to get people saved for his glory and his honor. Because that's what Jesus does. That's what God does. God's plan is perfect. Amen? And so John says, we're going to talk about Jesus. How many would like to know what Jesus would say about this situation? I'm going to finish by telling the family and telling you tonight exactly what Jesus would say to us tonight. And one of them I'm going to tell you, just take that down for one second, that's not in my notes, is that Jesus said very clearly that his angels, every person has an angel, and that angel is right in front of that child. Special. God, you think we love children? Nobody loves children like God. I just want you to know that right now. Nobody. Okay? And another verse that came to my spirit, is, and it was just hitting me as we were praising and worshiping, is Psalms 46, that God is an ever-present help in time of need. In the time of need, he's there. That, and, and you've got to think about this. Suffering is not fun. Pain is not fun. Loss is not fun. But it is in those times where we get closest to God. Because in those times is when his ever-present presence shows up like never before if everything's perfect which we all want and everything's good which we all want and we want health and we want good and we don't want loss it's that's great but we don't understand the presence of an ever-present God in time of trouble and so the greater the tragedy the greater the presence of God so back to John 13 a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you that you would love one another. And he says, this is how those that are going to watch this family react, this is how people are going to see that you're my disciples, that you have love one for another. They're watching. They're watching. People are watching how we respond. People are watching how we react. People are watching what we do. And we want to give them a reason to say, man, I don't, I don't know how they're doing that must be God. Now to close, have you ever wondered, because I have, why is it that that church family is, 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 seems so much stronger than our blood family? Is, have, has anybody in here ever wondered that? Why, why that bond is so strong? Well, I'm going to show you in the scriptures. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus actually answers the question. Why is the church family bond so strong? Why is it that I can feel so close to somebody in this place that's not my blood family and be more transparent and, in, and have love for that person that I haven't grown up with, that I haven't known, that I haven't even known very long because Jesus said, and he's, as, as he's on the cross, and, and they bring his mother and his brothers to him, 
They said, here are your mother and your brothers. And he says, go back one second. And he stretched out his hand towards the disciples and said, so they had said here, they had said in the prior verse, Jesus, here's your mom and dad, or your mom and your brothers. He answers by saying, here, he's pointing to everybody else, are my brothers and my sisters. Okay? And then he says, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. So the reason that there is such a bond in a church family is because if we're doing the will of God, we are, we are Jesus' brother and sister and mother. We are family to Jesus Christ himself when we are doing the will of the Father. So there's a common thread that we are all here tonight, not because someone's paying us to come to church, not because we're trying to check off a box, but because we wanted to be here and we want to fulfill the call of God in our lives and we want other people to know about the Jesus that changed our lives. And so there's a common thread. And the more we do the will of God, which is get people saved and pray for people and do the work of God, the closer we are to Jesus. The more we are like him. Amen? How many are getting something tonight? And right on cue, as the musicians are coming, I have one more verse. Powerful, powerful verse. I want to have a time of altar call, a time of continued healing, a time of continued prayer. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Look at this powerful verse. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He's the God of all comfort. Who comforts us in all of our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. God never wastes a hurt on somebody. He uses the sufferings. He uses the situation. You know that God can speak through a donkey, right? Everybody know that? So sometimes you can quote somebody or see something that, that is pretty profound and powerful, and it doesn't matter necessarily who the source is, but truth comes through that mouth. I saw something this week, and it was not by coincidence, but if you know the actor Jim Carrey, who is known for being a comedian and not known for being serious, I saw a little clip. I don't know what, it, what kind of clip it was, but it was a very short clip. And, and I saw a, a serious actor. For the, I've never seen him serious. He may have some serious movies, but I've never seen one. But he said something very powerful, and I just want to grab what he said. He, he's, gone, he's obviously gone through something. I don't know his walk. I don't know if he's saved. But what he said was very powerful. He had the microphone. He was talking to a group of people. And he said, suffering leads to salvation. Suffering leads to salvation. There's no greater place to see people saved 
than at a funeral. There's no greater place to meet someone's needs than in the middle of their suffering. Because when they're suffering, we're the closest to what Jesus did for us. And the fact that he became that pain for us. Amen? So bow your heads and close your eyes and we're going to pray tonight. And we're going to pray first and foremost to make sure that every single person in this church is ready to go see baby Christopher. That every single person in this place is going to be able to spend eternity with Jesus because that's why we're here tonight. The family is not a family if we don't have the common belief that Jesus Christ is the way and the truth and the life. And that nobody's going to get to him to the Father, but through Jesus. Tonight, before we leave this place, if you're not saved, and you may be watching online, you may be listening on the podcast, you may be a family member, you may be invited by somebody tonight, this is a place tonight that doesn't matter what else we do, it's a place where Jesus Christ is King, and He's Lord, And he's knocking on the doors of your hearts tonight. And he's saying, I want to be Lord of your life. I have got a plan and a purpose for you. The the rain is going to come on the just and the unjust. Bad things happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people. We're in a fallen world. We cannot fix that. But Jesus did fix that on the cross when he became suffering for us when he disarmed the powers and the principalities of darkness on the cross and he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could be the righteousness of God how many all over this place tonight listening to the sound of a preacher's voice could say tonight is the night that I'm getting serious with God tonight is the night that I'm going to give my life to Jesus tonight's the night that I'm going to surrender all I have to the Lord I am all in you might be a teenager you might be a young person you might be an older person you might have been coming to this church for a long time how many say pastor here's my hand Pray for me tonight. I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. Just lift it up and put it right back down quickly all over this place. I see your hands. Jesus, you tonight and I are going to start a life together. I'm not going to run from your call anymore. I'm going to run to you because tonight you have a plan for me. As we stand all across this place, I believe there's some watching online tonight as well. We're going to meet them later. For whatever reason, they're not here. They may be far away, but Jesus is touching hearts tonight. How many know there's nothing like having Jesus as Lord of your life? When you start talking about eternity and you start talking about suffering and loss, Jesus, the Bible says, is the door. He's the door. And Church, we don't have a choice tonight. I, say, I tell you this all the time. We don't have a choice if we're going to spend eternity. We're going to spend eternity somewhere. We just have the choice where. And we can choose life tonight. We can say, I'm going through the door of the only one who's ever come back from the other side. And that's Jesus. So tonight, all over this place... If Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but as you stood up, the Holy Spirit's knocking right now. Something's telling you tomorrow's not promised. 
How many know tonight tomorrow is not promised? The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the acceptable day of the Lord. Eternity is forever. Make a choice today. If you raised your hand and you meant it, or maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you, you want to make a statement tonight to accept what Jesus did on the cross for your sins, I want you to find that nearest aisle and just quickly make your way to that aisle and come down here tonight. We're going to pray for you. Just You raised your hand, or maybe you didn't raise your hand. Just come. Just come. Maybe you didn't raise your hand. I believe there's a couple people that didn't raise your hands, but you need to come. You need to come tonight. Come on, church, pray for them, intercede for them. Lord, if there's anybody in this place that's not saved, draw them to you, Father. Draw them to you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you for your power, your peace, your presence, and your Holy Spirit. Oh, tonight as we say this prayer from our hearts, we believe, we believe what the Word of God says. We believe that the Bible is God's written word. And in his word is truth. And if we believe it as it is and what he says, then we will have eternal life. It's not about head knowledge. It's about heart knowledge. It's about saying, Jesus, I believe with my mouth and my heart you're real. You did really come down to this earth to die for my sins. That's the prayer we're going to say tonight. And from this day forward, Jesus is going to turn your life around. All over this place and those watching online, say this with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for your mercy, your love, and your grace. I do not deserve it. I'm not worthy of it. But you are a great God. I call on your mercy tonight. I know that I'm a sinner. I admit that. I fall short. But Lord, tonight I believe that you paid the price of my sin on the cross at Calvary for me. You that knew no sin became sin for me, that I might be the righteousness of God. Jesus, clean me tonight. Wash me tonight. Forgive me tonight of all of my sins and make me a new creation. From this day forward, I'm going to listen to your voice. I'm going to obey your word. And I'm going to make heaven my home. Now, devil, I no longer serve you. I do not belong to you. You are not no longer allowed in my life. Jesus is Lord of my life. Take control, Jesus, from this day forward. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now those that said it here and those that said it online, let's give the Lord praise and thanksgiving and glory and honor as we begin to sing a song. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.